Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 14th of August, 2014. August is halfway over. It's been a uh, a difficult week. Um, the week started with uh, you know with the announcement of the uh, the death of uh, Robin Williams, and uh, well, actually, you know what? There's a whole bunch of other stories that we would have to talk about, but it's really hard to follow. A sentence that uh, includes the death of Robin Williams with anything that feels at all relevant. Um, Can we also mention Lauren Bacall? Yeah, we. I was going to mention Lauren Bacall oh, actually, uh, but in a different sentence, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> and it, yeah, the Lauren Bacall, the uh, the the gravel voiced um, one of the uh, one of the toughest, most moxie filled, beautiful women who has ever lived uh passed this week as well uh was a weird week in tech as well um dave davies uh how are you doing man i'm doing fantastic how about you jim oh i'm okay i mean again it's been a weird week it was uh, uh the uh sheer outpouring on facebook and twitter of uh grief and sorrow is you know it really just punctuates this week eh yeah it really does it really does um yeah, and I mean we're you know it's 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 been the the highlight moment when we look back at the year. Um, this will probably be one of the the, the highlight moments, um, including in tech, if for no other reason than it just absolutely monopolized, um, you know, the social media for at least this week, probably more. Well, indeed, it was it, was, it reminds me actually much like a, uh, I think it was about five years ago when Michael Jackson died. Um, yeah. the very same sort of reaction, emotional, visceral. Uh, a flawed character who was just so absolutely beloved by so many people. So yeah, that's how the week started. I'm doing okay. Um, <laughs> you know, it's um, I got to tell you, I'm, <laughs> with 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 all love and respect to all my friends and uh, the the people who love Robin Williams, um, I'm getting kind of tired of the stories on Facebook because um, you know it's tough being reminded he's dead he, again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm good. This is a it's been a weird week. This, this is, it feels like this is the week that everything got broken. You know? <laughs> I know what you're talking about. The internet broke down, uh, and it may get even stumblier in the in the near future. Uh, CNBC was questioning if Google is like out of control, if it's broken. Um, uh, again, uh, the the passing of uh, two legends, pop culture legends, uh, Lauren Bacall and uh, Robin Williams. Yes, was the. The week that everything got broken, and the one I want to start with is the internet broke. I mean, that's that, that's a hell of a statement, eh? <laughs> well, we knew it was held together with duct tape, so it was only a matter of time. Well, it's, it, that's, that's an important thing to keep in mind. I mean, the internet is a series of agreements between um, large-scale organizations, nation-states, and large-scale nonprofit organizations. It's a collection of computers that are strung together using protocols, and the addressing system of the internet is a TC, remains TCP/IP. 
the uh, you know your your IP address, the uh, those uh, twelve digits, one two three dot four five six dot seven eight nine etc. Yep, that's the traditional addressing system. And uh, 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 when you request um, a file from say www.webmasterradio.fm, the request goes from your browser to a router where it gets where it gets converted into an I an IP address. That IP address gets shot around until it finds the quickest path to the uh, server that is holding the files from webmasterradio.fm. Yep. And uh, you know, then the files get returned um, kind of helter-skelter. If, I mean, you know how TCP IP works. It's not like a straight stream connection. It's a bunch of little packets that get sent, and they all resolve back, in, back at the uh, place that made the, first, the, the browser that made the request in the first place. Yep. Okay. Now, follow me here. <laughs> Years ago, mathematicians started, uh, started figuring out there is a finite limit to the number of IPs that can be processed by routers of a certain vintage. They called that the, um, the uh, 512K problem. Um, not like the, uh, the uh, 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 Y2K problem. Well, actually, you know what? It's kind of similar to the Y2K problem. A problem of, finit- of finitity. Finity, something was finite. So, older routers can only process X number of IP addresses. Beyond that, they can't process them anymore. There's X. There's a finite number you can distribute and process. So we came up with what was called IPv6, the addition of four extra numbers at the end of the traditional um, twelve-digit, four-octet twelve-digit IP address. Addition of four extra numbers. Problem is, older routers can't read them. A lot of uh, a lot of ISPs around the world, including according to uh, the Register, uh, the Register.co.uk, the the massive ISP in Western Canada, Shaw. Well, they have old Cisco devices that can't read the uh, the new IP addresses because of that, especially in relation to new cloud storage devices. Parts of the internet are breaking. Just can't just can't get there. Yeah, isn't this just ridiculous? Um, I, I don't. How how long have we known this was coming? And and, and you made a great analogy um, on the um, on the addressing system. I mean, this does go back to you know at, at one point in our history, you know, Bill's house would have done as an address, <laughs> and at some yeah. point we came up with a with a numbering name system. And, and that that led to addresses, and we added uh, you know postal codes, for example, or, or zip codes, um, and then a system needed to be developed to to understand this new this new context. Well, that's that's essentially what happened here. We ran out. Um, you know, now we've got one with it's now four digits instead of three. It's alphanumeric, and and now there's a there's a whole another another set of digits at the end. I mean, it you know I, I would like to say hey. It'll never end. I mean, the permutations are so huge, we'll never run out. But I would have said that about IPv4, you know, a decade ago. Again, there, there is a finite number, although, admittedly, that finite number is a hell of a lot bigger. I have no idea what it is, but it's a hell it, of a lot is, bigger. I know. I haven't figured it out either, but I'm figuring, you know, within a decade from now, my pen will probably need an IP address. So, you know. That's, you know, that's not surprising. I mean, think of, here's, here's an, an analogy that, that might be easier for people to get. Um, this, this happened to you guys in British Columbia quite recently, I think. Um, your area codes for your telephones, uh, telephone numbers split. Yes. 
Um, it happened in Toronto. We now in the city of Toronto, we now have five unique area codes, and that's because like people have like home phones and cell phones and fax machines and uh, Radio Shack customers still have those pagers and um, <laughs> all of the, <laughs> thanks. All of these devices need a unique telephone number. Well, there's a finite number of ways to combine seven digits, and so they add the area code. Now you have 10 digits, but there's still a finite number of ways to combine those 10 digits. So you put new area codes in. But what would happen if one of the phone companies decided it wasn't going to honor one of the new area codes? Every time you tried to call that number, you wouldn't, and go across that, 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 that uh, carrier, you wouldn't be able to connect to that number. Right. That's essentially what's happened with, um, with the uh, uh, IPv6 issue. Yeah, no, that's that's an excellent, excellent analogy, Jim, um, and, and I think it really highlights um, the problem that uh, that we're hitting here. And you're right; I mean, it's it's probably going to get worse. It may be something if if the internet is critical for your business, contact your ISP, um, verify that they are ready for this transition, and that you're not going to find yourself blocked out from from sections of the web. And you know what? If that happens, hey, it's not censorship; it's just old technology. Oh, indeed. Yeah, you know, this is so not censorship. This is stupidity. And here's what gets me angry. We knew this was going to happen. Like, this, this reminds me of the global, warming, the, 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 the global warming climate change debate. There's a lot of people who say it's not happening, but it clearly is. It's happening. It's, we will hit a wall. We're going to. It's right. not a matter of if we're going to. It's when we're going to. This IP addressing problem was proven years ago it was going to happen but you know we don't know exactly when we just know that one day we'll hit that number it's going to happen invest now so we don't have a problem well they didn't now people have a problem drives me bonkers because it didn't have to go that way right well exactly and i mean to go outside um, you know, of the, or, or to, to comment on the analogy, you know, I, I would put it, the, the costs are much higher because now there's a few people who can't see parts of the web, but let's even go a, a little different than the um, climate change debate where, you know, in climate change, hey, at least 3% of scientists, uh, you know, dispute it. Um, here, it was just pure math. 100% of anybody who can count, <laughs> you know, ha- had this one locked down. There was There was no... No ifs, ands, or buts. I think it's incredibly irresponsible um, of the ISPs that, that haven't upgraded. I mean, I'm glad I'm not with Shaw. Um, I was once upon a time. Guess who's uh, breathing a sigh of relief that he had uh, switched a few years ago? Mm-hmm. Undoubtedly. Okay, um, moving right along. It's, it's uh, 15 after the hour. We're going to be taking a break in five minutes. I'm not sure if I want to approach this story or not, but it is something that apparently broken. And uh, it seems to the first segment is the broken segment. So, um, you know you got a problem when uh, CNBC, um, this is sort of like the uh, business side of CNBC, not the soft and mushy side at MSNBC. Um, CNBC is asking, has Google lost control of its anti-spam algorithms? Now... Maybe you don't got a problem because, like, after all, this is the mainstream media asking the questions. Not that they understand how shit how stuff works, but, like, what do you think? I mean, like, it's been almost a year since uh, Penguins refreshed itself. We're possibly in the middle of uh, of Panda 
Um, it feels like Google is kind of scrambling to patch stuff together. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I think, I mean, Google, like any large system, like the IP addressing system, um, has to hold stuff together with duct tape. Um, you know, they're, they're sort of bringing in, in elements from, from here and there. But I think we who are in technology and we who, you know, I mean, and it's in the technology section of CNBC, um, you know, I think it was Eric Eng who's, who's referenced in it, you and I and all of our listeners, we're all right in the midst of technology. Penguin hits, you know, friends of ours got hit by it or this or that. But what we have to do, I think, and, and I don't think we do this often enough, is step back from that wander over to our grandmother's house or our dad's house and watch how they're using it and go, is it broken? Do they have a problem with the way this thing is functioning? We do because we know false positives. We know. But when they're actually just running their queries, are they getting better results than they did five years ago? And, and I would say, yes, they are. Well, uh, again, um, with all due respect to at least your grandmother, um, <laughs> I know how my parents and uh, I know how they vote and I know how they make their decisions. <laughs> and, um, you know, like we are high information consumers. And if you work in this uh, in this field, you're probably pretty smart. But it terrifies me how many people um, process information. And I don't know if they're getting better results than they were before. I mean, I know they're satisfied, but I don't know if they're right. <laughs> well, okay. Now, now that to me, they're they're bringing up a totally com- a different debate. I was actually having that that chat with some of my staff this morning about the personalization and and pigeonholing that's going on in search. I'm happy to launch into a totally different discussion. Uh, you want to go with pigeon? I'd love to talk about pigeoning, <laughs> pigeonholing. Indeed, <laughs> localization first. Pers- okay, anyway, sorry. Anyway, <laughs> um, sorry about that. But I mean, at the same time, I think you know we've created this problem for them. Had we not, you know, we're making them address things. And let's be honest, you and I both know black hat SEOs. You and I both respect black, some, some, not all, but some black hat SEOs just for their pure brilliance. I'm not saying, hey, I, I'd like to do what they're doing. But uh, uh, their the alcohol tolerance is pretty high, too. <laughs> Those guys are monsters. Uh, so at the same time, we can't do that and then go, okay, we got to expect Google to be flawless in its reaction. Well, of course they can't be because these people are, are adjusting and don't have any rule set that they really need to obey other than whatever their own personal ethics might tell them they can and cannot do to competitors or whatnot. <clears throat> um, so, you know, I, I think at this time, you know, looking at this, yeah, it's irritating. Yeah, the idea of people having to wait out penguin updates um, well, you know, for, 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 um, for disavowed months. Yeah, I mean, uh, to me, yes, unfair. And ridiculous. Um, but that's as an insider. That's as somebody waiting out that 10 months. If I was just a searcher, just looking for a site, am I really going to miss that one? And that's the way Google has to look at it is go, it's not about being fair to this one webmaster who, I should note, violated the rules at some point or hired somebody who did. They need to react to the searcher because all the searcher cares is are they getting what they're looking for over time and all Google cares is can I generate some ad revenue yeah you know what um, I want to disagree with you but I can't because <laughs> you're right um, I don't <laughs> like what you're saying but you're right um, so, yeah, the, the, uh, in, in, in many ways I feel that Google does have an ethical um, obligation to the small businesses and yeah some of them did break the guidelines uh, is that out of ignorance or out of uh, uh, malice Ignorance of the law is no excuse. The law is the law. 
I mean, I mean, there's so many competing arguments here, right? Yeah, yeah, there really are. And I mean, I've had <coughs> just yesterday discussion with a client who is coming out of Penguin. <coughs> Pardon me. We were helping them fix it. Um, we have, and now we're just waiting, right? They had the penalty. Now we're just waiting. And it's with <laughs> great sympathy because we've been waiting for months, right? And there were all these rumors of the next one and this, and we're still waiting. And it's with great sympathy I deal with these business owners. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, can I understand where Google's coming from? Yeah, I can. I, I, I really can. And they can't make their decisions based on, hey, we got to be fair to this one guy. They've got to make their decisions based on, hey, we have to maximize our revenue from the billions of searchers who are coming. Well, I mean, the truth is I don't really care if they're fair to that guy. I want them to be fair to me. <laughs> it's not okay. It's not about your client, Dave. It's about mine. That's right. <laughs> okay, on that, on that, we got to take a break. It's, uh, it's about 20 minutes past the hour. If we, if, if we do this right, we can actually have three mostly equal segments. Wouldn't that be like, I don't know if we've ever done that before. Um, so we, but we can always try. So, friends, uh, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 14th of August, 2014. We're going to be back after these messages. Stay tuned. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Bumblefast first onto the e-commerce scene as a family-owned shipping supply provider back in 1999. The product line has grown, but Mark and Robin still own and operate Bumblefast as a family business. Being sellers themselves has taught them what online sellers need to safely and affordably deliver their products to their customers. Bumblefast is proud to be an active member of the community of online sellers. Mark and Robin sponsor seller meetup groups, share shipping tips and tricks through social media, and always love talking to customers and helping solve shipping challenges. Check out the website at bubblefast.com. Sign up for the Bubble Briefs newsletter to join the Bubble Fast family. Use promo code WMR to get a 5% discount. Or call Mark and Robin at 877-599-7447. Happy shipping from Mark and Robin at Bubble Fast. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology and Webmaster Media.fm. It is uh, the 14th of August, 2014. Jim Hedger, Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And hey Dave, I got a couple of health things to do. You were uh, you were away from your headset for a second ago when our Brasco told me about this. Sit down for this, okay? All right, I'm sitting. Okay. Listen closely, friends. First time this is announced on Webmaster Radio. 
Tuesday, September 9th, 5 p.m., Shoe Money returns to webmasterradio.fm. Jeremy Shoemaker and the Shoe Money Show is coming back to these airwaves. Tuesday, September 9th, 5 p.m. Um, I don't know about you, man, but like Jeremy pisses me off at least once a week. I can't <laughs> wait till he's back on the air. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that one. No, I, I think that's, uh, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, of course, I've been a huge fan of him for years, years, oh, and years as one of my favorite personalities in search. So. Indeed. And you know what? I actually I like the guy personally. I really like him. He's a he's a he's a bull in a china shop, but you know he's also a really conscious person. You, you bring up conscious. I got to bring this up, Jim. We were doing a little bit of work and preparing to get his uh do the relaunch and some of the promotion. Do you know how much he's done in like charitable causes, especially with the, for the in, in the space? Like Search Engine Land has rewarded. They've he's raised over eighty thousand dollars for charity. Sure, hey, this year. Well, in the last few years combined. Sure. And then he wrote a book, his autobiography he put out since we last uh, had him here on the air. I mean, and uh, um, for those of you who didn't get a chance, uh, he was on with Tim Ash a few weeks back and had a great interview on there that if you guys didn't get a chance to, you know, get a fix of shoe money and a little idea of what you'll be hearing coming up, you've got to catch that episode. Well, again, uh, Jeremy, uh, shoe money, welcome back to the welcome back to the uh, the network, brother. And I didn't know the stuff about the charity, but uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. That's the kind of character he is. Yeah, no, great guy. But he'll piss you off at least once a week. Oh, for sure, and I look forward to that too. Um, I know back in uh, 2007, I'd actually uh, written one of our blog posts on his disclaimer. He's he's that entertaining. Uh, that entertaining to me and basically it was the only disclaimer i'd seen basically going assume everything i'm saying on my site is a lie there to generate money <laughs> it's just like all right well there we go not to mention uh, that one of these days if you get a chance to go back to your archives you got to catch a shoe show episode because all of the archives are up on the website the one that he did with danny sullivan after the whole seo is dead post that he made <laughs> that was fun <laughs> and a lot of people were sitting in on that and they were that went viral Oof. But Danny was an ambassador. He handled it very well. Tell you what. Okay, so again, friends, uh, Tuesday, September 9, 5 p.m., webmasterradio.fm or any fine podcast distribution service near you, the return of shoe money. Okay, one more piece of housekeeping before we dive back into uh, to, uh, 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 googly stuff and biggie stuff. For the first, we've, we've had our show for what, like seven years now, Dave? Yep. So that would be, if by my calculations, about seven-tenths of the existence of the network, right? Uh, that's about right, yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, might, I might, be, might be off here a bit, but I think it's about seven-tenths of the existence of the network, and that entire time. Actually, eight-tenths if you count the alternative. Oh, my goodness. So we've been here for, you've got to reduce it, so we've been here for four-fifths of, uh, of, uh, 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 of the existence of the network. Wow. And in that entire time, we have not once, until now, been corrected by a fan. And I, 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 I'm really, you know, it's mea culpa, but um, I, I want to point this out. Across Twitter, Strategy Inventor, at Strategy Inventor, with, uh, he doesn't have the E at the end, so it's like uh, I-N-V-E-N-T-R, Strategy Inventor, on uh, August 7th, he writes to me, uh, at Jim Hedger, July 10th Webcology, I think the definition of supplementary content was incorrect. More like helpful, helpful sidebar versus about page. 
So I asked him, what time in the show was it? So I could go check. It's around the 15-minute mark. He thanks us for doing the show, and you know what? He was right. We, uh, we, we, we screwed up. We goofed. We, uh, in Canadian terms, we pulled a boner. <laughs> um, well, you, 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 you know. You know. <laughs> we, uh, that sounds worse than it's actual. <laughs> than it really means, yeah. <laughs> um, we goofed it. Uh, and um, I want to correct that. Um, I'm not going to go into a long definition of supplementary content, but um, an About Us page is not necessarily supplementary content. I was just sort of suggesting that's uh, content that Google might not want to rank over your actual information pages. Anyway, um, Strategy Inventor, thank you so much. And anybody out there, if we, if we screw up on the air, please let us know. I want to, uh, I want to correct it. Because this is information that people are supposed to be using to, you know, understand how Google works. Indeed. So, uh, so again, Strategy Inventor, thank you so much, man. Um, I really, really appreciate you writing in and uh, and uh, giving us this this correction because it's got to get noted. Yeah. So where we uh, where we DARPA? We were going to DARPA. <laughs> you don't say that very often, eh? No, you really, really can't. So, hey, Dave, let's pack up the kids and take them to DARPA. It'll be fun. <laughs> Lots of good toys. Um, so, DARPA and Google. What does DARPA and Google have in common? Probably more than we're about to talk about. But <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true, actually. Okay, for, for anyone who doesn't know, DARPA is the um, research uh, laboratory, for want of a better word, of, well... Of the American military. Uh, all that really cool stuff like stealth planes and uh, invisible um, invisible clothing or invisible fabrics. Um, what else? I mean, like uh, drones probably, whatever. All that really fun sci-fi stuff that the military gets to play with. That came from DARPA. Um, it's uh, probably one of the largest... Um, military research institutes um, um, ever. It definitely is. And I mean, to put, you know, uh, the military applications, uh, you know, aside, it, it also is responsible for, for the GPS system and, wait for it, the internet <laughs> began as a DARPA project. So that, That's absolutely correct because both were military applications before yeah. they went civilian. Yeah, indeed. So we, we have to thank them for, for a thing or two. But uh, yeah, I, I, and certainly go, hey, they know a thing or two about the internet since they, not Al Gore, uh, actually, um, you know, invented <laughs> <built it. laughs> it. You know what um, else? You know what else? They, you know what else they know a thing or two about? What's that? Getting stuff done. And this is the, uh, this is the, 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 the key to the similarity between Google and DARPA is a genius organizer named Regina Dugan. Uh, Ms. Dugan is uh, the, um, uh, uh, sort of like she's the, the uh, CEO over at, uh, I'm sorry, the head researcher at DARPA. And she's now training Google in how to assemble research teams that actually get things done. Uh, she's a mechanical engineer, an expert in counterterrorism, uh, former director of DARPA. I'm sorry, she's former director of DARPA 
and now working at Google. <laughs> well, that's quite a um, resume she's building. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's, um, she's, oh, I mean, what do you think? Yeah. Do you think this is going to match the warm, fuzzy, let's all sing kumbaya that they try and present themselves as as a, as a corporation and, and, and as the um, employee environment is going to be? I mean, I'm not thinking, hey, let's, hire, let's bring in some people from the military um, to make our staff feel warm and fuzzy. That's just me, maybe. Well, you know, <laughs> Do you Google's think this not, might backfire? No, not at all, actually, because I don't think Google's actually a very warm and fuzzy place. Google is a meritocracy. Um, you produce and you survive. You don't produce and you're good for a couple of quarters and they will ditch you. Um, nothing, nothing personal, it's just technology. Yeah. Either you can do it or you can't. Um, I think actually, you know, I think Google is in many ways, you look at some of the uh, projects that they tried to start in the last couple of years and that they've had to fail on. Um, the most notable being their public space intentions for Google+. You know, right. some parts of Google+, have worked really well. Hangouts on Air is probably the, uh, the best example. Um, the integration of the identity engine in with the machine that we know as Google.com not so much, because we see serious wonk happening, right? Yeah. Um, uh, we saw we saw them pull back a little bit on 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 using images with authorship. Clearly, that was screwing something up. Um, have they pulled back on authorship? I doubt it, but we don't know. You know what I mean? Like, so big parts of Google Plus didn't work, while other components within Google Plus worked extremely well. Right. That was uh, developed under the tutelage primarily of, I believe, Sergey Brin. Would it have worked? Maybe, uh, maybe Regina Dugan is like an Eric Schmidt character, the next adult in the room. Now, what I wonder, and I thought this as soon as I, as soon as I was reading the piece this morning, um, is what we've got there. And, and to use your example, actually, which is a great example, we've got Google+. Now, the, the problems that Google+, Plus hit, for the most part, are, are marketing slash user base problems. Right. Well, it's not that the product itself was poor. It's that it wasn't adopted. Um, so my, my question will be, if she's helping them develop faster, more efficiently, are we just going to see a more efficient, more rapid deployment of flaws? Um, and, and, you know, I mean, at the same time, Will that, at the end of the day, actually still produce a better result? Because as you point out aptly, um, there were many good things. There were many bad things. There was a deployment problem, and there was, there was a, a, an acceptance problem for them. But they, they managed to get some very good things. Well, so if they, if they deployed twice as many bad things, you know, one might think, hey, well, they'll get twice as many good things out of it, too. And if they can do that more efficiently, the cost is the same to get twice as many good things. Right, So it'll be interesting to see what this actually turns into because from everything I know, it's not that she's a marketing genius, although she's branded herself extremely well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but will, the, will somebody in there be able to bridge that gap and just go, okay, she's a genius. She's going to develop stuff. You know, We need somebody on the ground to actually connect the dots and make our users like this. Well, indeed, but that's that's a marketing issue, not a technology issue. Um, the, the 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 sense I get about Ms. Dugan is she is able to assemble teams working on various aspects of extraordinarily complex things, and somehow in her brain, 
she can keep track of what all those different teams are doing and put it together inside her brain, thus producing the result in the physical world or on paper. Right. Yeah. Um, that's my impression of her, and she's now working with Google. So maybe maybe you're right. Maybe, <laughs> maybe there will be an inter- a, uh, a rapid introduction of um, possibly, potentially um, failed projects, or maybe she'll start, you know, maybe she's one of those people who can see the failure as it's developing and prevent it from actually happening. Well, that would be great. That which would mainly be nice. for Google, <laughs> um, and for us. Like, hey, hey, Regina, if you could just organize a penguin update, you know, a lot of us would really appreciate it. <laughs> um, you know, and I know it's hard getting penguins to walk in line, but you've seen Happy Feet; they can dance, they can walk in line. Um, now, to to put on my paranoia uh, tinfoil hat for a minute, as, as happens, um, we saw the the announcement a couple weeks ago of Google. Um, had had launched and they were in testing on the field. Basically, little robotic dogs to carry crap for the military. Um, so so we're seeing Google develop things for the military. Now we're seeing Google pulling a DARPA person in, quote unquote. You know, with with of course um, no connection here in the ties to the military. She's just there to help. You know, the Motorola division and, and, and help yes, them in that. Um, you know, I mean, one can't help but wonder. Okay, are there are there other things, and there always are, um, going on behind the scenes in, in a tie between Google and the military? You know, well, we're seeing Google supplying the military. We're seeing now Google hiring um, DARPA people in. I mean, you Dave, know, you, 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 you must know in your own experience in the industry, and, you know, you've heard me say it over and over again. If you work in search, whether you like it or not, you work in security. Yeah. And uh, is, uh, is there any wonder that there's tie-ins between um, – the uh, top research arm of the U.S. military and security state, and America, and America or the world's preeminent technology company. Well, I don't know. I mean, like when you want when you want a robot dog, you don't just go down to Maytag. You know, <laughs> go for the best. Google. You do, and I mean, of course, that brings up some some concerns. Like, what if some of those Google employees go, I don't know, to China? Uh, like, do you like that segue? That's a great segue, and um, I, gotta t- I haven't had time to actually click on this one yet. Um, but yeah, what if uh, you know you've, you've been doing some great? We, I don't know the answer to that, Dave. I mean, like I like I would think that there's um, some pretty spiffy confidentiality clauses, but I don't know if they translate into Mandarin. Well, no, and that's the thing. And and for our listeners who don't know, there's been uh, some. I mean, they're they're calling it like a an, an exodus on Venture Beat, and like, why would three Google execs uh, leave for for Chinese companies? Um, you know, money, yeah, money, <laughs> and and opportunity. You know, probably some of them in very similar situations um, to why Marissa, uh, you know, left for Yahoo. Like, I'm going. I'm as high as I'm ever going to get at Google. But, hey, if I go to a smaller company, I can be a bigger fish in a smaller pond kind of thing, which is fun. In the last year, we've had three Googleites. Hugo Berra, who used to be vice president of Android. Uh, Andrew Andrew Ning, who had been leading the Google Brain Project. And Jane Penner, who had been heading up the Investor Relations Department. All three of them have been snatched up by... um, Chinese companies in the last uh, in the last year. Jim, uh, may I jump yes. in real quick? Uh, just yeah, a quick little not. anecdote. Instead of them breaking the glass ceiling, are they breaking the Great Wall? 
<laughs> there you go. See, that's where you need to add it. Not to be confused with the Great Firewall, um, which is the, the apparatus or the, the, mach- the apparatus that the Chinese government uses to block um, the free internet in China. Uh, so, ha. Um, anyway, is there a, that's, a, that's a really interesting question. Is there a problem with people who have such uh, significant technical knowledge of, of critical systems in, in the United States? Like, China's not, not the West's enemy, but they're certainly the West's rival. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. And I mean, some of them, you know, okay, investor relations guy goes, do I think this would be a problem from a, from a security standpoint? Not really. Like, doubtful that that person had access to, to great information on, you know, the internal workings of their robot dog. Um, but you get into something like, um, you know, the guy from Android, uh, and now suddenly you're looking at, okay, remote connectivity via, you know, cell institutes. And, and so, you know, now all of a sudden you're, you're probably getting into some areas where this may be a concern. Um, you know, if, if these people are uh, are heading over and, and now working for the Chinese government, you know, so I, I mean, I have no doubt that, you know, the, they'll have that sorted out and there will be some very, very long, very, very detailed documents <laughs> to be signed um, and, and that they will probably work hard to keep the people that would have information, um, you know, at that at that level. Yep. I don't know what to, I, the thing is. I'm, I'm still stuck on the security question. I'm not sure what to make of the story, or if it if it even really is a story. Um, what is the story is Google has. Um, when you see a Google executive leave, they're leaving. The uh, I have to say this um, to use a Star Trek analogy. Google is the Enterprise. Like you want to get assigned to the Enterprise because that's the premier ship in the fleet, right? Right. If you're a tech worker working in search in any way, you um, you know, Google, if you get a job at Google, that's the prize. Now, I, I honestly, I have no idea what the working conditions at Google are like. I know it's a meritocracy. I know they work you really hard. They pay you really well. But they work you really hard there. Mind you, it's a fascinating work. So um, when you see Google executives leave, it mightn't be because they dislike the company. It might be because something's happened in their division or Google's adopting a different sort of strategy. Now, um, Google's inventing stuff from the ground up, right? So yep. when it changes direction, a lot of it's, uh, a lot of the people they have working on said project can't just be reassigned to another part of the company. Right. They're there to specialize. So say you've been leading something for like a year and a half and you're just so into it. It's your life's work and it's the most important thing in the world. And then suddenly the memo comes down from Sergey's office and it's all over. And you're being reassigned to, like, uh, you know, what amounts to cafeteria work after what you've been doing, right? Right. You, you know, and suddenly this money offer comes and you're like, okay, um, China, <laughs> that's interesting. That's yeah, what well, I think happened. Exactly. And I mean, yeah, you know, I can't, I can't blame these people. That's, that's exactly what most people would do. And I mean, you're right. It is like the enterprise. But at the same time, you know, there were, there were lots of those admirals and stuff looking at Will Riker. Um, as the as the you know first officer and sort of going, you're kind of a, a an idiot and, and weak for for not to becoming a, a captain of you know yes a lesser ship but a, a bigger role with more power and influence, um, you know to go do the Star Trek references. Can you tell I'm a Trek nerd here? But yeah, um, but, but, but then Will looks back in his Timatron and goes, yeah, but look at Marissa. 
<laughs> this is a little bit of Star Trek fan fiction being written live on the air here on Webcology. <laughs> Oh, I'm, I, I'm working hard to make a Wolf 359 reference to get to the board, but I, I, I won't bother. Let's, uh, we probably should take a commercial break, though, so we can come back with a quasi-equal segment. We probably should. Okay, so on behalf of Dave Davies, if they're out there in Victoria at Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media here in Toronto. You listen to webmasterradio.fm based in Fort Lauderdale, and we are everywhere around the world. After these commercials, we'll be back uh, with, with our last segment. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. Automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone, welcome back, back to Webcology here at WebmasterRadio.fm. This is the 14th of August, 2014. This is Jim Hedger from Detroit's Media. Dave Davies from Beatstock SEL. Dave, I've got one more really serious thing I want to talk about. The post that went up at Search Engine Roundtable, low-quality guest blogging, considered content spam. Before we get to that, um, I just wanted to have a little bit of fun. I saw that post that went up in the Beanstalk blog. Um, your wife and uh, part and business partner Mary Davis, uh, Mary wrote it, I think, um, about yep. Google Cardboard slash Oculus Rift. Um, yep. Virtual reality is way cool. Problem with virtual reality for the home user is it's way expe- the hardware is way expensive. Yep. Google has solved that for you, Dave. What <laughs> what's this Google Cardboard stuff? It's it's pretty awesome. They. Uh... Mary had taken uh, my eldest over to Seagraph. It's like a, a digital effects uh, conference in, in Vancouver, and Google was there um, giving out these Google Cardboard. And, and what it effectively is is Google shooting the finger at Facebook, <laughs> oh, okay. uh, but, but in a great and, and really entertaining way. And I didn't 
think it was going to work. Anyway, it's just a flat piece of cardboard. You assemble it into a looks like a binocular uh, that you are you know that you you put up to your face. Well, I, I, I have a Galaxy Nexus. You download the software uh, or the app onto your phone. Select which you know device you have. Slide this thing into this cardboard frame around your face. And uh, suddenly you have an Oculus. You can go on to Google Earth. They've got some, you know, apps already built in at this point uh, or, or, you know, some maps and, and stuff like that built in. But you can use it right on Google Earth and look around or go up into the sky. And it, it functionally is, is acting uh, a lot like I've, I've used the Oculus. It's not quite the same thing, but you can see where it's going and it costs you can have it shipped to your house for like 26 bucks for this piece of cardboard pre-built in or if you follow any youtube video you can make one with a pizza box <laughs> and uh it, it's it's really uh it, it's really quite neat um i was surprised that it worked and and it did and and quite well and you can you know move your head around and it's got like a little viewmaster well it's like a little magnet on the side that triggers things to happen um when you click it stuff it's it's really it's really kind of neat and i thought well you know, it's not quite as good as Oculus, but Oculus is going to cost, you know, 300 bucks. <laughs> and this is going to cost me, well, I got to order pizza anyway, um, and I can, I can get one. So, yeah, it, really, really neat. I was shocked at work, but for anybody who's interested, you can look it up, Google Cardboard. Uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it, the, 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 I'm at developers.google.com slash cardboard, and they have this uh, scroll Animation. You scroll down and scroll on your mouse, and uh, it a- animates the uh, cardboard um, device, sort of assembling itself. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. This is this is this. It's so simple. It's quite exciting. Um, it, it it reminds me of when uh, that game we learned when we were kids. You know, the telephone game, one string, two cups. That's what this reminds me of. That's amazing. Oh, uh, yeah. For what? anybody who gets the reference, they just kind of cringe. <laughs> what? You know, you make you put the string, you put the cups on the other end, and you can like make a telephone out of it. What? Okay. Anyway, moving right along. Um, I worked all commercial break on that one, eh? <laughs> and you can tell. <laughs> okay. This one's actually important. So, uh, you know, right. forget the forget forget the, the 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 whatever it was I just said. I forget what it was anyway. Um, in Search Engine Roundtable today, uh, by the way, um. A hat tip and a huge bow to um, you know, Barry Schwartz. <laughs> this guy's amazing, eh? You know, he has another company where he actually makes software, too. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, how does he find the time? <laughs> Seriously. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. I don't think he sleeps. He orders a lot of pizza, obviously. <laughs> he doesn't have time to cook. There's no way. Anyway, in Search Engine Roundtable. There's a good little uh, piece on something that was just added to the Google guidelines. If you're at all worried about Panda, if you're all worried about like um, the the content on your website or guest blogging, um, as of now, it's official. Low quality guest blogging is considered content spam. <laughs> to uh, to read from the uh, 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 Google guidelines. Um, Scraped content, doorway pages, auto-generated, thin affiliate sites, and low-quality guest blog posts. These are spam. Content spam. Yeah. So it's there. Now, um, Jen Slag over at uh, uh, the, the uh, 
SEM Post has a has a slightly article longer article that was published yesterday. Um, I chose berries uh, just because it has the screenshots right out of the uh, out of the webmaster guidelines. Um, there. I mean, like now, define low quality. I mean, this is the problem. Like, what, what if I wanted? To, would, you, would you let me put a post up on Beanstalk if I if I wanted to write one for you, Dave? Would I let you? Yes. Well, yeah. But I mean, like, <laughs> you, know, you know what I do all day, right? <laughs> You're gonna trust me to put content up on your site? Uh, I would I trust you to put it up after I edited it. <laughs> oh, you would not edit me, would you? Uh, I, I I might look to the code. No, you're not a black hat, Jim. I I, I would try you. Um, but I mean, the the thing is, I, I that's not I I believe at any rate what they're referring to. Like you know, I I write an article for for search engine watch. Are they viewing that as low quality? And I think that's really the key here. We all saw the writing on the wall. Um, you know, they're not referring to you know, Dave. You know, uh, you know, we got a decent blog. You know, Jim. You know, authoritative writer on SEO. Okay, I you know I'd like a great post by you on you know something you know content you know that you know content marketing and you know maybe your your example with the site maps you know you want to write up a piece about that for a great that'd be outstanding. Uh, am I adding value? Yes. Are you adding value to our site? Yes. Do I think that's a that's a an ex- that's not what they're talking about? Okay, but here's the problem. Might they be talking about it? I don't appear. I don't appear. I mean, I, I, by the way, I'd be honored to write something like a beanstalk. Not that I, I might or might not, but I'd be honored to. But I don't appear there very often. As a matter of fact, I don't know if I've ever appeared there. So it would be a one-off or maybe a two-off thing. I'd just be sort of dropping in, dropping out again. Yeah. And uh, what's the determiner of quality exactly? Um, am I using 25-cent words? Is, is that the delineator? I have a hunch, and, and maybe this is just me. I mean, we know that one bad link is not going to destroy you, right? I mean, that's... No, but, but six... But a, a scale of them certainly will. And so I think it's fair enough, to, and, and this is my personal take on it, take, take it for what you will. I think running under the you'll know it when you see it works fine in the real world. What is my intent in asking Jim to write a piece? It's getting some content for our blog that I couldn't write myself. Um, and that, you know, I, I felt that Jim would cover better than, than our staff would cover. Um, you know, and then, you know, we you sort of go the, the other side and go, why would Jim do it? Well, yeah, do you deserve the reference? Maybe should our blogs be punished for this? No. And, and you may end up hitting some false positive or some positive falses, but you're not going to do it on a scale large enough. Well, and probably not. And probably not. And I would like to think that something I wrote didn't set off the uh, didn't set off any triggers or would be considered low quality by Google. But the point I'm trying to get at is they don't tell you. No, they don't. Now, they give us examples. I mean, if it's like cookie cutter or they've seen the content somewhere before or it's the uh, regurgitation using other words. I mean, yeah, I could you know, see that being... Uh, but I don't think, and I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to defend Adam Smarty here directly or, or people who were um, posting via my guest blog, but um, or my blog guest, sorry. But um, uh, uh, I, I think what I am doing is, is thinking about the people who were tangentially hurt by poor content found through my blog guest. And um, again, there's just very little solid direction from Google except to say, don't do this. Well, they've, they've got that going, and I think there's the side that I lean on. I know, Jim, you do. Most of our listeners probably do, at least if they are listening. If you just follow the, 
if it looks too good to be true, <laughs> sure. it probably is. And if you just look and go, well, that's some easy link building, you've just answered your own question as to whether you should be doing it. Okay, there's a uh, – you're right, and Dave, I, I don't mean to cut off this segment immediately, but um, kind of got it because we're running out of time here. We're yeah. down to like a minute. One thing we didn't talk about but we I, I really wish we did um, – especially in light of the migration from uh, HTTP to HTTPS, Google and, and Bing uh, in Webmaster Tools both have a change of address tool that you really should use just before you make your migration. It tells Google that you're about to make a major change in the URLs of the, you know, and, and it allows Google to uh, filter through and understanding that this URL is now that URL. Right. Um, so again, uh, look up a change of address tool in, in Google or in Bing. You'll find it in Webmaster Tools. When you're doing a migration, use it. I've seen a site that didn't, and they got in a whole bunch of trouble. I just heard the music in the background. That's our, uh, our cue to take our leave. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. As you heard Braska say earlier, we got some amazing content coming up. Stay tuned after the news. We'll talk to you next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.